Welcome to the Not A Mommy Yet podcast. I'm your host, Natalie Fay. I started the Not A Mommy Yet blog and this podcast because I've always known I want to be a parent one day, and you might be listening because you feel the same. You may have also heard people with kids say things like, I wish I had known this before I had kids, or I wish I had done that. Hearing those comments made me think about the parts of my life I want to spend more time focusing on before I have kids in ways that will benefit me as a parent. So I started a list of people who can teach me about health, money, relationships, psychology, and more, and started interviewing them, and this podcast was born. Whether you plan to have kids or not, I think you'll find something interesting in this podcast for you. I hope you enjoy, subscribe, and maybe even share it with a friend. Thank you so much for listening. This week on the Not A Mommy Yet podcast, we are hearing from Dr. Amanda Cohen for part two of our conversation about women's health. We're taking a look at the book In The Flow by Elisa Vitti. We're both big fans of her work. Her story is incredible and her company, Flow Living, supports women balance their hormones and change their life for the better. We talk about cycle syncing, we go over a quick breakdown of how our hormones work, and we talk about the crazy ingredient that's in Hashimoto's medication. She also recommends some great books along the way. I highly recommend every person with female physiology to listen to this episode and read Elisa's books, follow Flow Living, follow Dr. Amanda Cohen, and maybe even schedule a consultation. Hope you enjoy this week's episode. This is part two with Dr. Amanda Cohen. The first episode, we went over a lot of what she does with her clients in preparing their bodies for pregnancy and really helpful information in just knowing what to ask for with your care uh, team as well. So understanding all the different possibilities of testing to, um, I guess, like curative practices that you could go through with a doctor. But this episode is going to be all about our hormones and balancing our bodies in a way that really helps us live optimally when it comes to our 28-day cycle. And actually, yeah, that was a question I was thinking because I kept reading that and it, I, I always think of the women who aren't on a 28-day cycle, mm-hmm. um, who don't get periods or are on a 14-day cycle or a 35-day cycle. So when the book, you know, talks about the 28-day cycle, is our infradian rhythm, just to get right into it, always on a 28 day cycle is our infradian rhythm always on a 28 day cycle or is it on the cycle that we're getting our period on i think it's okay ideally as if we meet where you're at so say you're getting you know 40 day cycles or really shorter cycles we kind of want to figure out why in the first place Mm -hmm. so but i think if we can kind of gauge to say you picked up, we're talking about Elisa Beatty's book in the flow, yes. um, which is a great book um, that I refer a lot of my patients to. And, and actually a lot of my practice, though I do Chinese medicine, I also do functional medicine. And so um, really looking at how to optimize not only your hormones, but like all aspects of your life, mm-hmm. wherever you are in your cycle. Um, and I think that you know, ideally as a Chinese medical doctor, we do want to get kind of around those 28 days. If it's too long or too short, we want to kind of figure out why that's happening in the first place, because that is the standard model that we typically work with in both functional medicine and in Chinese medicine. So um, just just with Chinese medicine alone, alone, just getting cycles to be 
more in that 28, 30 days is mm -hmm. very beneficial for a lot of people. So as far as like, when do you dive into this book, you just kind of see where you're at and start to be, I think the first thing is getting more in tune with your body. Right. Um, and, and, and maybe just reading the book would yeah. be a good idea or like talking to your doctor and just saying, you know, I really feel like, you know, for me personally, I used to have really short cycles. So I would get my period sometimes twice a month. Um, and I'd just be, you know, really tired because I'd be like bleeding all the time and, you know, all the doctors were stumped. And so it, it you know, took some work to just rebalance things. But um, so in that case, someone would be very tired, obviously, yeah. because they're losing blood a lot and maybe having some depression and some anxiety and some things. And so, because that's so tied to our brain chemistry. Um, and so just kind of, again, the way that I practice, like looking, taking a deeper look, like, yes, this is your hormones. You want to get them in, in balance, but like what's happening with your gut, what's happening with your, in your life, with your stress, like what foods are you eating? Um, right. are you around toxins? Like there's just certain things. So and I think, I'm sorry, I was mm -hmm. going to say in, in the woman code too, and I'm assuming in the flow, I, I just started in the flow. So I, mm -hmm. I, I know you've read it, so you'll be the expert here on that too. But um, the idea is that once you start incorporating all of these lifestyle changes, you will get on a 28 to 30 day cycle, right? Yeah. And That's yeah. And I think that, yeah. And I think that like, there are some times where people do have like breakthrough bleeding. They may have like fibroids or polyps or some right. things, and then I'll, I'll send them to a refer out to a, um, gynecologist or OBGYN to do some imaging just to see. And that's something I can treat with Chinese medicine. Um, but I think that the, the whole philosophy really is that a lot of our knowledge about treating endocrinology, the study of hormones, is very much looked at in a vacuum and not really taking into account all the other factors that we as women um, and childbearing age um, do encounter. Um, mm -hmm. And I think sometimes one of the thing, big eye-opening things for me is that, um, and I'll talk about this in a minute, but just like almost being like, why, like, I feel so not social right now, mm -hmm. you know, like, I don't want to see anybody, but like last week I was like, so outgoing and had lots of plans. I mean, like pre COVID or whatever, yeah. um, <laughs> but, but, but like really understanding you're actually, we have seasons. She doesn't really talk about seasons, but as a Chinese medical doctor, I kind of added that. So basically depending on where you are in your cycle, for example, the menstrual cycle, the, the menstrual phase of your cycle is almost like your winter. And that's when you're resting more. Um, the exercises that you're doing is more like gentle stretching and um, eating more like soups and stews and just kind of resting more and maybe not as social, more like when you're thinking of activities, you're kind of um, finishing things up, just kind of cutting like tying loose ends. And so mm -hmm. what she does, and it's really cool. And, and, and I also like talk about this with uh, my patients is that understanding I work with a lot of, um, entrepreneurs. And so I also, though I'm a doctor, I'm still an entrepreneur. I own my own business. And I think that we have this kind of throughout the entire cycle, like push, 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 yeah. you know, like you know, um, produce, get out there, post on Instagram, write content. Um, you know, me, I'll schedule like 12 patients in a day, you know, like we just kind of keep going. And what I started to do is kind of look at that because I'm the type of person who I work out hard. Um, I, you know, I rest, but I think I, I kind of treat, I used to treat every, every day the same. Yeah. And yeah. that's the circadian rhythm and that's based kind of on the, the sun. Yeah. And that's what a lot of the research in endocrinology is based on is that 
you know, it, 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 it's a phase of a day. And, and it's, and, and so with, as women, so during our periods, we're supposed to ideally be resting more. Um, and then, and then kind of during, um, when the, the follicular phase, when we're building is the time to really start to create new projects and still, um, the exercises are a little more like, uh, I forgot what she did. I, I did follow the workouts for a while and, and there's certain foods as well, mm-hmm. but like, um, you do some weight training, but you're not doing like hit, you know, right, you're not right, doing right. as extreme things. And then during ovulation is more when you're doing more like hit and like intense cardio, eating more raw foods to help, um, flush the liver and help with ovulation. And so it really, for me as someone who is like a go-getter and always push, 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 it allowed me to be like, wow, I started to look forward to my periods because yeah. I was like, wow, like I get to rest next week, you know, right. and not, you know, so that, that was kind of a cool way and now working with my patients they're like oh i'm in my fall you know with a pms time and it's like hey you know eat you know just start to kind of close down you're less social um because your body needs to go through this process of detoxification so how do you sort of mirror that in your life yeah Um, well it makes a difference so i'm curious like when you first discovered elisa vidi's work or if you already knew about the information that she's putting out there through Flow Living and through her brand because, you know, you say it, like, really changed how you looked at your cycle and everything, but, like, were you already a doctor? Because this is, like, an issue that I'm having is, like, why aren't, especially female doctors, why don't we know, like, why don't we know this? I did, I did not know, and that's coming from, you know, I was in school for eight years for Chinese medicine and and functional medicine. And we're, like, are you learning, like, parts, but not how it, like, all comes together in this, like... Yes and no. I think I was thinking back to like um, in Chinese medicine, we really try to, as for women, really support support the blood, um, support the energy, and really like help everything flow naturally. Because a lot of things, when they get stuck, then you get like when someone's stressed out, you tend to um, when you're in that fight or flight. Let's talk about PMS or like painful periods, which mm-hmm. is a really common thing that I see in my practice and something that I used to have really really badly like I used to be you know my first day of my period I was in so much pain yeah um me too. so like in, in a nutshell um you're with the fight or flight in the body it creates kind of this like everything kind of that freeze mentality and so what happens is the blood and, and is not moving properly and it kind of gets stuck in the like you know the uterus and everything and so when we're stressed out it just things just don't move right. And that's where you kind of get like the PMS, like everything's just kind of stuck and like ready to pop (laughs) before you have your period. And so we were always trained to like really support the blood, moving the blood, sending blood flow to the uterus, sending blood flow to the brain, to the digestive system and balancing it. And we do look at the body as a garden. Mm -hmm. I mean, that is something that we're trained as day one as, as Chinese medical doctors to really keep everything in balance. So I had that training um, and I did have one of my mentors in school. I remember he would, for his female um, patients, he would do a different formula every week, depending on where they were in their cycle. Mm. And I always thought that was really cool. And um, I think I tried it for a few, this was like 10 years ago, but I I tried it. I was like, oh, this is really great. Um, So, uh, but I, as a doctor, 
I've always been like for women who are bleed, you know, in their child rearing years, I try to just like really support their blood, support reducing stress in the body, um, support their energy, and then like really hold space for them to like, if there's things that are like blocks in their lives to kind of talk about that and then move it through with acupuncture. Mm-hmm. Um, and then from the functional medicine perspective, um, we look at why hormones are off. So, you know, we always run ideally I do I a lot of doctors don't but that's like my number one is that like I I do blood work um I usually test if it's fertility I'll test day three if it's people who have a really bad PMS or perimenopause I'll test them like day 20 to 25 of their cycle to capture what's called estrogen dominance which I can talk about um in a minute um and then we like basically hormones are very downstream from the other systems of your body so if you're um if your gut is off, you have a gut infection, that's a really common one that I see. Um, your thyroid needs support, um, your chronic fight or flight, that's all gonna affect your hormones. So we look at all of those factors plus supporting your hormones. So it's kind of, and blood sugar's huge. Mm. Blood sugar is completely underrated in terms of how much it affects our progesterone and our estrogen. And so that's always something, if I notice that people are waiting too long between meals or skipping meals, really encouraging them um, to, I mean, everyone has different views and everyone's different. Um, In my practice, I don't really um, advise intermittent fasting for people who are, um, you know, of childbearing age, but everyone's different and some people feel great with it. It's just from a hormonal standpoint, sometimes it can make things a little more challenging. Mm. Um, but everyone's, you know, some people feel great. So I don't want to make that as a blanket statement. Most people right. that I see are pretty tired and run down and overworked and undernourished. I mean, just in general, that's like what I see in my practice. And that's kind of like standard people in LA and I have people all over the country. Like people are hard workers and like sometimes you're the self-care of your body um and mind and spirit come second to like work yeah. or family or whatever so um as far as looking at this model no i mean i i would look at underlying reasons i'm like okay well let's see is there any inflammation going on is there something going on in their gut like you know what's their stress level does their thyroid need support is their autoimmune conditions going on are there toxins you know it's kind of looking at all that but as far as I think there's such, and then we talked for this last time, this feeling of like, fix me, my hormones are off, you know, and I am a slave to my hormones and I feel out of control of my body. And so I heard her on a, um, I'm in this business mastermind with Chris Harvey Harder and Lori Harder. And I think she was on um, Lori Harder's podcast. I can't remember the name of her podcast, but I heard her speak when one of my best friends, um, Diana, uh, was like you got to listen to this doctor you know she's just really saying some really interesting things and um so i listened to it and then like right away i got her book and what i loved about this was it was much more empowering for myself as a woman but also for my patients to have something to look at and to understand and to have some yeah. not control over their cycle because i think that you know i don't love that word but just balance or harmony mm-hmm. to understand oh i'm feeling withdrawn right now like what do i need you know, maybe just understanding our bodies. Yeah. Like that's the thing that just doesn't, we miss that step growing up. Like we just, you know, you get your period and the conversation never continues on about like what's happening in your body or what's happening between periods, which is like, you know, the majority of the month. And so 
thinking just learning all of this in such a way where it's like in a book it's concise it's applicable to your daily lifestyle um I love that I love that I can just take a picture of the grocery list and I know what phase I'm in and bring it to the grocery store and it's and you know and I I do like I mean I have no association I actually was like I want I want to see her as a patient because I was like this is so cool even though I'm going to learn more stuff but I don't think she sees patients I was like oh well I'll just incorporate what she does yeah you know in my practice which has been going really well um and you know, they, I have the app and everything. Um, it's fine. I mean, it crashes sometimes. I know, it's, yeah. It's, it's fine. Um, and, you know, but she does ask questions like, are you an entrepreneur? Like, um, God, just like there's like these questions that are lifestyle yeah. questions. Yeah, that, during the phases, they'll be like, what did you do to support yeah. your cycle today? Like, did you yes. stretch? Did you do this? Yeah. And then they also ask you about all those different symptoms that you're experiencing. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that's my one criticism of the app. It's like, okay, if I input all of this, where is it going? Like, I, I want it in a yeah. graph. I want to see the information so I can yeah. like bring it to someone like you and I can show you, hey, here's the last mm-hmm. three months of my symptoms, but we'd have to tap through each individual day. So that app could really? use some updates. Oh, it should be, yeah, it should be exported. That's, yeah. Because I do that with my Me, patients maybe like, who does, have but... like digestive issues and stuff. And so I'll like look at their apps and they'll export it for like yeah. what they ate and their symptoms. So I think it's like, yeah, that's a, that's a really good point. Um, I but I, I think that it, it does go down to that self compassion because I think mm-hmm. that like um, I like I said I push myself super hard, you know, and and so I I think I read this book about six months ago, and like since then I'm just like, oh okay, I just did I worked out for twenty minutes, like I'm good, you mm-hmm. know, like cause if I start to go depending where I am in my cycle, if I start to push it too much, because I, I would be the type of person where I do weight training for like an hour and then like run in the afternoon, you know? And yeah. and I was so anxious all the time. Yeah. And so I just keep running and keep exercising because I was like, oh, I just got to like run it away. And this is like a year ago. This is not, yeah. you know, this is not something because it's like, oh, well, I might just, I just need to burn off some right. extra. I know like, that's, cortisol. that's the hard thing too. I mean, all of this is unlearning to relearn. I mean, it's uh, absolutely, I mean the thought of spending and I'm comfortable with it now, but the thought at first of spending a week, not working out where I'm sweating Ugh. stresses me out even more. But then when you hear her talk about it and you say, you're undoing all of that work that you mm-hmm. just did for those two weeks by stressing out your body during this phase when yep. what it needs is the opposite. So you're just going to keep on the weight and you're not going to benefit from those two. Like when she just explains it, you're just like, okay, well, obviously there's value here. Like I need to apply this to my life, but it's hard. I mean, unlearning these habits because yeah, I mean, you know, it's just understanding it's a male dominated world. It's so clear Mm -hmm. when we've been living on the circadian rhythm, like we've been trained to learn to live on our circadian rhythms like we wake up at the same time go to bed at the same time eat three meals a day work out in the very morning like that's yeah perfect for men perfect yeah that's what they need but we are the opposite so I mean yeah. we need to be in flow of both they need to be connected so um just to go a little bit into more the infradian rhythm and the different systems that yeah. it affects for people that don't know, can you just like take us kind of, cause it's six different uh, systems, correct? In our bodies. Um, it's, I am not sure her definition of it. Okay. Um, so I'm not sure about the six, but from my understanding and, and I was looking at it more and she very well maybe I, cause I read this book about six months ago and I kind of like skimmed it before, but, um, 
I, it's basically looking at your, you know, the menstruation, the men, like your, your menstrual cycle and then your follicular, which is when you're building Mm -hmm. your ovulatory and then your luteal, Mm -hmm. which is like your pre menstrual time. Mm -hmm. And then kind of balancing, I believe that the luteal is actually broken into two phases. Um, yeah, I when I was doing my, some research, I saw that there's yeah. actually like a pre-luteal or like a post-luteal. Like there's more yeah, than... Yeah, it is. And you do actually feel different. Um, yeah. And where like you'll feel kind of outgoing in the beginning. I mean, for me, it's a lot about energy. So uh, like energy output where it's like, oh, all of a sudden I'm like, no, 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 I just need to retreat. Like, that's kind of my gauge is like, mm-hmm. because I'm such a um, people pleaser. I want to like get all this stuff done, type mm-hmm. A. And so what I'd start to feel like anxiety about my to-do list or something, I'd be like, oh, wait, where am I in my cycle? Oh, okay, I'm, I'm sort of that second yeah. half of my luteal. Um, and so my, my friend was saying, like, she's like, I just don't schedule social events. Like, I know I yeah. get too stressed out, like, at this certain phase, which, you know, it can be helpful because if you're if you're someone who overextends yourself, it's actually refreshing. Like I said earlier, you're like, oh, well, I have permission from my body mm-hmm. to rest because it's better for my body to do yeah. that. And, um, you know, so I think, I know that, that she breaks it up in a 28-day, but I think that of course there's variability someone mm-hmm. you know some people can be 32 days and all of that stuff and then again if someone's super outside of those ranges we want we want to kind of optimally get them i think even just implementing um what she does and trying to kind of figure out where you are in your cycle or like start after your period yeah or during your period you can kind of get yourself on track but i just you can kind of expedite it more with like chinese herbs and functional medicine either one um yeah when you i mean when you think of the benefits that can come from adjusting your life to this and she said on this podcast i just heard her on um she said that like this is my time of the month where i schedule podcasts like yes. she, like she yes. is, so she obviously stays very true to this in her life. Um, she practices everything she preaches, but, um, yeah. So when it comes to the infradian rhythm, I was, I just pulled it up. So it's her definition includes your brain your, and you'd think that this would be for men and women too, but uh, this is just for women brain metabolism our immune system our microbiome Mm -hmm. so our gut and then our stress Mm -hmm. response and then our reproductive system so our period so totally yeah so those six things which are super important all of those things working Mm -hmm. together um yeah just yeah so looking in each of those pieces so before I even was a doctor I was um I was a a PhD student at UC Irvine I studied stress Um, Mm. we actually stressed out um, I thought I wanted to be like an academic. So I um, studied psychopathology and health psychology. So basically severely mentally ill and also stress um, and how it affects the body. And I, suffice to say, I was very stressed at the time mm-hmm. um, and, and changed careers. But but anyway, um, we, st- being a stress researcher, we would um, basically stress out undergrads. We'd make them give lectures um, for five minutes in like, like just in front of us and we would have no expression and just wear lab coats and just like measure their cortisol and their heart rate and blood pressure. (laughs) And it was like amazing, like this, the amount of like, and this was really, this was like 2000, 
2003, 2004, 2005. So it was kind of before there was so much inundation. I mean, there was Facebook and all that stuff, but there wasn't people constantly on the phone. But I think that it was measuring the, the effects of social stress on the physiological aspects of the body. And it was insane. And these were like healthy, you know, 18 year olds. And they were like through the roof with all of these markers uh, wow. of stress. And just, just by giving a just talking for five minutes in front of people who had no emotional response. And so kind of just extrapolating that, you know, fast forward 15 years where we're constantly on our phones and comparing ourselves and checking emails constantly and behind and, and, you know, getting texts that, you know, create that flood of hormones. It's probably worse now than it was then. I mean, if they were, they were doing that, um, just kind of measuring people in general. So, one of the things that I love this book, it's really great. Um, I know we're recommending a lot of books today, but I really think it's a fantastic book. It's by this guy. I think it's Richard Sapolsky called Why Zebras Don't Get Ulcers. Okay. And it's basically talks about the effects of chronic stress on our bodies. And again, you know, this is probably written, this is written, you know, 15, 20 years ago. So the research you know, might be predominantly male focused, but mm-hmm. it is it is good information. And it explains this idea of the hypothalamic pituitary adrenal axis. So HPA, H-P-A. axis, yeah. A-X-I-S. Um, and so there's the connection between your brain, your thyroid, your gut, and your hormones. And your gut kind of, that really um, incorporates the immune system because that's where most of your immune system is produced in the gut. Mm-hmm. And so really looking at, you know, when I look at hormones, but I, I see a lot of thyroid issues. That's one of the main things. I have a lot of people with Hashimoto's hypothyroidism in my practice. Um, that is a hormone issue when you're talking about the thyroid. Um, what we look at, not just the thyroid or the hormones, but what's happening between the communication between the pituitary with the hypothalamus to the pituitary in the brain. And then what's happening between that connection to the thyroid and what's happening between that connection between the thyroid down through the gut Mm -hmm. um, to our reproductive organs. And so what you find is that there can be many cogs in the wheel and and hormones are downstream from all of that. So if you go to a doctor and you're like, here, you know, my hormones are off and it's like, here's some progesterone cream, you might feel better. But if you don't address like gut, gut inflammation, or the fact that you're, you know, um, constantly inundated by social stress or in a very, you know, um, work situation that's abusive, like, like if these issues aren't really addressed, you're not dealing with the root. And so you can feel a little bit better, but um, really looking at if your microbiome's off, your yeah. hormones are going to be off. If your thyroid is off, figure out why that is. Um, yeah, I've really helped even people who thyroids are off. And um, I'm, you know, I, I'm always a proponent of Western medicine. That's totally fine. But usually we can normalize the thyroid if we support the gut, support the brain, deal with any inflammation or infection, deal with, um, you know, if there's a lot of cortisol from chronic stress, kind of dealing with that, uh, regulating blood sugar. So all of those things and she talks about it in her book and i realized when i it was funny when i was reading her book i was like oh i do all those things like if that was that was validating for me because as a as a doctor i was like oh i already do this but her model of how to i mean the testing model is the same you know we look at the underlying reasons and support both the root and the branch the the cause of the hormonal imbalance 
the factors that lead to it, whether it's the gut, the brain, um, you know, thyroid issues, you know, infection, and then the um, branch, which is the hormone. So we address both, but this idea of the incorporating the the patient into the process of like, look, we're going to do this, but I want you to read this book. Yeah. You know, I want you to also do this and let's kind of track your cycle and like, see how you're doing. And, you know, it's, and then it's so much more of a um, loving, I see people start to really, instead of, oh my, you know, it's my freaking period, you know, it's like, oh, wow, like, oh, what, you know, this, this month it was, it was a lot better. And I yeah. think it's because I was kinder to myself and I, you know, incorporated some of these foods and I said no to like this plan and I um, started to do this type of exercise. And, you know, I think it's, it's, but having someone to like bounce it off. Yeah. Um, like I love that there's an app and I love that there's like programs that she had, but I was like, oh, you know, like this should be a training that doctors do where they're certified in this protocol. Yeah. I just, I just was like, oh, I kind of do this already, but it's just like, like implementing it. And then, you know, but I'm like, I would love to meet her. I would yeah. love to, um, you know, cause I, you know, her journey and everything is, is right. fantastic. And I think more people should be practicing this way, but it was definitely something that I never learned even as learning all the natural medicine. Um, yeah. I mean, even having this in schools that. too. I think just having this in like health classes for ki- for you know teenagers. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I know my daughter will be reading this book as soon as she is yeah. interested in all of this. I mean, are. like, mm-hmm. just needs to incorporate it. So something that you just you brought up Hashimoto's and mm-hmm. um, people in my family have it, and so I'm I'm not very familiar with it, but I'm familiar enough to know kind of what doctors prescribe which to my mm-hmm. understanding is like a sort of medication that kind of shrinks the thyroid down and the medication acts as the thyroid going forward. And you're kind of like, it's kind of like a life sentence type of medicine in my understanding of it. And I could be totally wrong, yeah. but yeah. I'm curious to know how you approach Hashimoto's and how you yeah. help the thyroid get better in a way where it's healthy on its own and doesn't need yes. a bandaid. Yes. And I think that's such a great question. And as someone who um, I order all my own labs for my patients. Um, sometimes they want to get it from their um, primary care MD, but then they'll do it and they'll like not do a full thyroid panel or, you know, not. I, so I, I really, when I do a, my first like checkup, like I do a comprehensive checkup, I run every possible thyroid um, marker that you can possibly, including Hashimoto's because most doctors do not, they know about it, but they don't really like test for it. And, um, and it's a very you know, and high you, percentage and, of women who have it, right? Oh yeah. I have it. Yeah. yeah I mean, it's, super it's like common. one in four or something. It's like, it's yeah, super, super common. So there's kind of, there's hypothyroidism, which is like your thyroid is not functioning optimally. Um, so essentially like just like a quick little physiology, like how things work. So mm-hmm. your hypothalamus is part of your brain and that, um, connects to your pituitary and your pituitary is, is, is part of your brain that really is responsible for secreting a lot of the hormones that do, um, affect our endocrine system. So there's a connection between the uh, hypothalamus, the pituitary to the thyroid. Mm -hmm. So that's, so that's one connection. And then the thyroid secretes what's called T4. And then the body needs to, through the liver and through the gut, convert T4 to T3. And T3 is what we helps us um, 
have good energy, metabolism, strong hair, skin, and nails, good brain focus, um, you know, a lot of endurance. And so what happens is when people come to me, they could have where a situation where their thyroid is not functioning optimally. That could be because usually um, their thyroids are working okay, but their T3 is low. And that's usually because there's something going on in their gut. Like right. there's an infection or there's an overgrowth and that conversion from T4 to T3 is just not happening optimally. So I look at that and I'm like, oh, like your thyroid's actually okay, but your T3 is low. So I'm going to give you some, we're going to figure out why that is. Usually it's like either they, they need some liver support to kind of um, detox a little bit, or they need some gut support. I can tell that by running basic labs. Mm-hmm. And then um, we get them, we deal with the gut infection and we get them to produce the um, good amounts of T3. And then they're great, mm-hmm. you know, and that's, that's, a, that's an easy one. Um, if, if I were an MD, traditionally trained, I would just give them um, thyroid medication um, to, uh, there's levothyroxine um, and there is, um, there's a bunch of different ones, but basically, and that helps support the thyroid. And then, you know, um, it supports like, I think it supports T4, but it's, it's not quite, you're not understanding. It's like, well, why is it not working in the first place? It's just kind of like, here you go. Yeah. So, Hashimoto's is a little bit different. So Hashimoto's is not a thyroid condition. It's an, it's a immune dysregulation. And that's the thing that's really so pivotal and so important that is missed hands down all the time. Like, and so what with Hashimoto's is that you actually have thyroid antibodies. And so you have antibodies in your, um, in your system that actually, um, it's an autoimmune condition. I, I mean, you know, study, I always want to know why it's usually related to like some virus or Epstein-Barr is a common one, but just suffice it to say, um, if you just go with the standard autoimmune condition, um, with Hashimoto's, you, your body attacks the thyroid. However, the main thing, if you have Hashimoto's is that you cannot eat gluten. That is the main treatment part of the main treatment is because the gliadin, which is the protein in gluten, is very similar to the thyroid hormone, to the thyroid gland tissue. So when you eat gluten, it actually tells your body, attack attack the thyroid. So oh, when I wow. test, yeah. So people get diagnosed with Hashimoto's, here's your thyroid medication. No mention of gluten, no mention of supporting the immune system. And guess what? They're not getting better. And one of the main ingredients, it's um, in Synthroid, which is one of the main, the filler in it is wheat. So it's horrifying. Jesus. Um, I, I think, I think levothyroxine is corn. I always look at fillers and medications too. Wow. So what is so wrong with the model? It's not the doctors are bad or lazy. It's just, they're not taught this. And it's like, it's so important because it's like, if I test someone and I see that they have Hashimoto's, Do you know how many people have Hashimoto's that have perfectly normal thyroids? So I catch it before it even affects their thyroid. I'm like, okay, I'm so sorry. I know it sucks. You got to go gluten-free. I've been gluten-free for four years. Yeah, it's not that bad. You know, there's some good brands out there. (laughs) Yeah, like it is. And you know, I I tell them like which places the farmer's market I like and like tell them I sent you. You know, I'm really like 
like I'm like I because I'm gluten free I'm dairy free I work out every day like I'm like very much like listen whatever I'm suggesting is not is stuff that I would do for myself so I'm you know but I yeah. can like meet you and so with the Hashimoto's diagnosis people have a little bit of a grieving process about the gluten and I understand um, but most of the time we really work on their immune system and support their thyroid I catch it early like I said um, yeah. But if it's already the point where they need thyroid support, then we can do that naturally. We make sure that there's no gut issues, that there's any effect um, of the thyroid being able to convert T4 to T3. So we look at it in like many layers. And then I try to like, I like draw it out. Like here's the brain, here's the thyroid. So like they understand why they're doing it. But I think that um, because Hashimoto's is so common and most people have it and they're just being um, treated with medication that has gluten in it, um, it's really something I feel very passionate about that like people need to like, just, there is a book by one of my teachers, which is very long and complicated. So I don't, I mean, I recommend if you really want to know, it's called, um, why is my thyroid not working? Even though my lab tests are normal. It's yeah. by, um, one of my teachers, uh, Tatis Karazian, which I studied a lot of my functional medicine under um, him and his like people, um, but it does go into like, when you're working with people with different thyroid issues, you really do need to look at each piece of it and like, why is that off and like supporting it where they're at. Um, so there is regular hypothyroidism, then there's Hashimoto's, which is, so of course you're gonna support the thyroid, but you also have to support the immune system and the immune dysregulation, so uh, which I is totally doable. <laughs> yeah. I have a good question about, yeah. can you eat sourdough bread? I don't. But there is a bakery called Bezdekin. Like I, I can tell you, I forgot. It's in Hollywood that apparently people who have celiac um, go to. Because I'm pretty much gluten-free, yeah. but I eat sourdough because I've heard because it's fermented, it's not yeah. as harsh on the system. And so I'm totally down for a gluten-free sourdough. Like, I'm here for it. I will eat it. But I haven't, I didn't know. Uh, yeah, I want to know because huh. I don't, I haven't found one yet. I will send you, I'll try to find that there's, there's a bakery in Hollywood that, that it's not gluten-free, but for whatever reason, the way they do their sourdough oh. is, is, is the celiac people can have it. So it's like for me, milk. Um, <laughs> when I, when I have gluten, I, first I look like I'm pregnant and then, which is not fun. And then my hands get arthritic, which as an acupuncturist is no go. Like, Ooh, I'm like, I'm sorry, I can't, can't, my that. money makers. So yeah. I just, I, I don't do it, but I also think like everyone's different. And I think it's like when I do stool tests and, and things like I test people when I, and the blood test too, I test them for non-celiac gluten sensitivity. Um, I, you know, but if someone is, does have a positive um, Hashimoto's antibodies, I really, really encourage them to do their best. Mm -hmm. um, and they do notice a significant dis, um, difference, like, um, a lot of times like people with like chronic migraines and stuff, like they may have Hashimoto's, but they also have migraines and like chronic neck tension where it's like, wow, that went away because I'm not so inflamed. So it just depends on the person. And I think like, I'm a really kind, compassionate person. So I'm just like, let's start small, mm -hmm. you know, let's, let's like try to switch out your pastas. And then like, I have these enzymes that I, that I'm like, if you have to, here's like an enzyme that breaks down gluten and dairy, if you have to do it, you know? And I think, it's like, and if people come to me like, oh, I had gluten, I felt so terrible. I'm like, all right, let's just detox you today. We'll do point, you know, when they come in for acupuncture, we'll support your gut, liver, you know, yeah. like 
it's it's okay you know yeah. but it's just like like the problem is that there's this lack of education about this sort of how we are on this 28 day cycle um and this lack of education of oh, you just have a thyroid issue and this, you know, your thyroid's going to keep shrinking. It's like, no, actually your body's doing just fine. Like you just need to figure out what's happening and then stop that process and just help rebuild. And so I think most things, like if people take the time and have the training to like, look at the why, um, that they're really, nothing's death sentence in my, you know, I worked with a lot of cancer patients early on in my, um, when I was an intern and, it was like, this is something you go through. This mm-hmm. is, you know, we just help support you as much as possible so that you can take the chemo and the radiation. And so it's like really looking at each thing where you, you, we have so much capacity to heal. And sometimes we just need to know how to not only get out of our own ways, but also know enough so that we're advocating for ourselves and we're talking to doctors. And, um, and also listening to our us. bodies. Yeah. Like, like what you said about the arthritic, that's so interesting because sometimes my wrists, like I could not do a push up to save my life. They're in so much pain mm-hmm. and sometimes they're totally fine. And, mm-hmm. and it's just, and now, and thinking about how you feel after you eat too, a lot of people just chalk it up to, oh, I'm full. I'm just uncomfortable because yeah. I'm full. But, you know, looking at that and being more connected to our bodies after we eat, because like Jose, yeah. my husband, he shouldn't be eating like large amounts of cheese or meat or bread <laughs> anymore. Like he's past that point. And when he does, every time he just regrets it so hard. And I just try and make him like remember this for next time, please. <laughs> well, I'll, I'll tell you what enzymes those are. I'll send you those enzymes just if he has to. If he has to indulge, because I, I do believe like we really do. I, I don't eat gluten at all. Like yeah. I just know the effects on my body, but, yeah. um, I really, for, but I still like, I love, I, like, like my, I, like my like treat is like, I love, um, I, I eat meat. So like, I, yeah. I love like, um, grass fed burgers and fries. I'm yeah. like, Oh, that is my, like, so I'm like 80% clean and then 20% for your soul. And I think yeah. that everyone should, should do that because it's like, but if, if you know, it's going to, cre- and then when I have a burger, it's gluten free. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but, but I think, that just having that compassion for yourself. And I think that most people um, don't want to shift and and eliminate stuff immediately. You know, you have to kind of build that habit of really learning how do you feel, you know? And I know for myself, like if I eat a lot of sugar, I feel really tired and I feel cranky, you know, like a child. And so I just, I'm like, okay, well, if I eat that, tomorrow I'm gonna be kind of a bitch and so I just I'm like is it worth it yes it is you yeah. know like it's just kind of like you just kind of think you have about to have that conversation you know, with you yourself we've all yeah. been there we're, we're like I mean, yeah yeah looking at the ice the tub of ice cream you're like is this worth it some, you know what sometimes it is yeah and then you just have to be like if you feel gross the next day then you just go see your acupuncturist and have them like give you a little like clean sweep yes um, but you're like, the redeemer you know, yeah or have your green juice like it's it's honestly it's just feedback yeah it's just feedback like your body is just feedback it's not good or bad it's just like oh if you're tired all the time or oh you're irritable all the time it's something's out of balance and so just kind of um I think this reading this book is a great start and then also like if it's really something that's really bothering you because I used to want to break up with whoever I was with around my period like hands down every month I was like 
oh my God, I became like a demon. <laughs> and so I was like, okay, like this is me, obviously. And <laughs> this was years and years ago, you know, with Chinese herbs, that really is, even in acupuncture is great. <clears throat> but and I was eating like bagels and cookies all the time. Mm. So yeah. like, I know, no wonder. So, um, but I think, I think that, um, looking at the body as feedback and just saying, okay, something's out of balance. And, you know, if it's hormones, maybe, you know, pick up this book and start to just read through it. And yeah. maybe if it feels too overwhelming with the food, just start with the exercises, you know, or, Absolutely. or if the exercise is too much, start with the foods, you know, or just start tracking it and seeing how you're feeling and noticing, oh, <clears throat> like one of my patients was saying, it's not right before my period that I feel really depressed and irritable. It's like this, this exact, these, these five days. And I was like, oh, well, that's when your estrogen peaks. It's called estrogen dominance. So when we run your labs, I'm going to test you right at that time. Yeah. Because we're going to see, and like, um, and then when I test it, I can see, oh, it's a lot higher than it should be. So then it's all about just eating foods or doing activities that cleanse, that help support cleansing the estrogen from the body. Yeah. And a big part of it is balancing blood sugar. So that's something that, um, right. There, that I use depending on if their blood sugar is too high or too low. There's two ways that I do that, but I do, um, I do encourage people to, um, eat every few hours, like fats and proteins, just because when your body goes into being too hungry, um, you do go into that fight or flight and you do produce more cortisol. And that also, that kind of dampens progesterone. So, and, and allows the estrogen to keep building. And so sometimes we want to help that detoxification process, but we also want to make sure the blood sugar is regulated. Right. And that's something that, you know, most doctors are like, well, if you're under a hundred, you're great. But like, if I see blood sugar, that's like 75, I'm like, good God, are you going to murder everybody? <laughs> like, like, you know, and so I think, I think, I think that it's, but most doctors are like, oh, that's great. You know, you're really regulating blood sugar. I'm like, oh my God, no. Like, are you irritable all the time? Yeah. Like, tell me. So I think, that's not the only thing, but of course, you know, I, I'm so gut focused. So I like to see like, oh, you know, what's going on in their gut or their food sensitivities or, uh, you know, other things going on um, in addition to measuring hormones. But it's just, I, I, I think there really has to be a greater dialogue about um, this idea of non-judgmental feedback of like what our bodies are telling us and putting the pieces together and having that knowledge like, yeah. oh, this makes sense, you yeah. know, like... And like you said with the book, engaging the patient in understanding their bodies by reading this book, like by having the tools they need beyond just a doctor saying, I'm prescribing this to you because I know what's best. Like, you know, and like you said, not all doctors are bad. I completely Mm -hmm. think Western medicine serves an amazing purpose, but I don't think... I, I, I want people to start seeing, and by talking to you, hopefully they'll hear this, the other options, like that there aren't, yeah. that there are so many choices out there and ways to support their bodies and, and any issues that they're having, any imbalances. So, um, yeah, just, you know, I, I appreciate your time and I love talking about all this yeah. stuff. I think hopefully more people will start reading this book and, um, and the woman code too, and just having these aha moments like you and I both had that changed, you know, how you work with yourself and your patients and totally changed my life completely. Like I went off birth control literally as soon as I finished the book, the woman called like four years ago and 
never looked back. Um, so yeah, it's just been awesome. I'm so grateful for it. <laughs> I, I think that's awesome. And I also just want to say like, cause I do have people that are on IUDs and are still on the pill and I'm so like, like, let's just see what we can do based on, you know what I mean? Like I never try to say get off the pill. I mean, I'm not on the pill, but I, I, I never did well on it. So mm-hmm. I haven't been on it for like a long, long time. But I think that, I mean, I do have people that are, um, still on some sort of, you know, hormonal contraceptive and it, you can still implement this, mm-hmm. you know, like you can still oh, yeah. be in a cycle. And I think that it's like, um, really great that like, just knowing that, that even if you do have a little bit of that, something else kind of guiding your hormones, we still have those cycles yes. and, um, you still can have those foods and you can yes. still do those workouts and you can still have that connection. So, um, and going off birth control might yeah. by following yeah. these things might go a lot smoother, a lot easier, a lot easier. And I think also for fertility, um, really balancing this out. I do notice that it does enhance people's, you know, when they're, because I do so much of like preparing to get pregnant mm-hmm. with a lot of people. So like doing this is super helpful too, because, because there's so many changes that go when you do get pregnant. So just kind of understanding yeah, and rolling with that. So um, when you're pregnant, actually, really I thought about this earlier when you were talking, should you be following these like phases still? You know, I was really wanting her to write a book on pregnancy Yeah, because it was like, you know, with my patients who have the app, it's like, okay, you didn't get your period. Now what? You know, it was <laughs> yeah. like, what do I use the know, app for now? <laughs> I feel like you kind of have to be like, kind of treat it like almost the menstrual period in the sense where you're really like lots of soups and stews and really, um, nourishing, nourishing. But like, I mean, I still like people who are pregnant, I'm like, yeah, work out. I mean, I don't know if I would do like, I mean, people still run and everything like that, yeah. but like weight training and, and strength training and, um, you know, cardio and all of those things. But I think, you know, depending on the level of nausea, yeah. <laughs> um, well, that, that, that can, that can, you know, be different, but I still, I, I think the main thing is I, I still going back to that blood sugar, just make sure you're eating, even if it's like saltines, if you're yeah. not like some yeah. thing, you know? Yeah. I was thinking um, about like the trimesters. I feel like those really guide pregnancy. Um, and and how you feel and what you eat and stuff. But when you're postpartum, I would think Mm. that getting back into this groove of this would help you get your period back and like following all of that again. Yes, definitely. I think, I think that she needs to write a book for pregnancy. Yeah. And I'll email I her. Think, <laughs> Just kidding. Yeah, I don't have her email, um, but no, I'll find a way. And then, yeah, probably getting this book and starting again on that. But I do think that there is special, like when you're breastfeeding and stuff like you do need more, like, yeah. you know what I mean? I wouldn't necessarily like, um, like there's things during ovulation where you're eating more raw foods and maybe eating less and stuff like, I don't know. I just feel like you kind of need more fats and, and things. So, yeah. um, she just needs to write a book obviously yes. and then I will implement that. And then we will follow it to a T. <laughs> well, I, I mean, there's other, there's other great people out there too for, you know, but yeah. I think, I think that, um, you know, I know that this was kind of geared around her book, but I think that it's so important because I do think that she should do something where, um, more doctors like me are sort of trained in this. I just happen to, to stumble across it and, and do a lot of what she's already doing and then just kind of take it a step further and, and have my patients sort of read the book and practice, um, balancing their hormones themselves, <laughs> which is 
great. Amazing. You know? Well, thank you so much, Dr. Amanda. This was yeah, amazing. This welcome. is such a fun episode. Um, I'm actually going to release it tomorrow, so no waiting this oh, time. Okay. <laughs> yeah, so I'll send you everything. Um, but I just wanted to ask you three little questions that I ask everyone who I invited on the podcast. I didn't get a chance to ask you last week. Ooh. Okay. Um, okay, so the first one is what mantra or words do you like to live by? Hmm. Or just like kind of a saying or, you know. No, no, no. I, I, I feel like there's so many good ones. Yeah. I think with what I, what I'm really, it's not really a mantra. Well, it's kind of a mantra, but it's like, just choose peace, choose peace, choose peace. Cause it's like, I think as someone who has a lot of, like, I feel like sometimes I'm like a person with like juggling a lot of pies in the air or mm-hmm. whatever. I'm like, I want to be able to like, you know, if I'm going to be reviewing six or seven labs, like I want to enjoy, I want to make some tea and then put on some music and light a candle and like just enjoy that instead of like cranking through crunching numbers um you know and so um I think just making that a priority because for me as someone who always had anxiety that it really if I get revved up about something I pay the price you know I, I pay the price and I feel that so I think just making that peace is the priority it's really hard to say peace priority yeah um, <laughs> I love that is, that's so good pivotal yeah um. <laughs> yeah absolutely I love that so much and um such a good easy one to say throughout the day too easy um easy so the second one is we all know it takes a village to raise kids and something that I always think about is like the community that I've been building currently building who is going to be around my future children what is it mm-hmm. about your community that you're looking forward to or that you're looking for in your community who are going to be part of that, like, village once you have kids? I think Like, the qualities, I, I guess. Yeah, like, I think I've spent so many years, and I'm sure a lot of people listening to this and maybe you, of really um, using your voice and feeling confident and, like, voicing your needs and not um, having people tell you what, to do or like what you should do. Mm-hmm. And so I think one of the things that is important for me, um, you know, as we prepare to start a family is to, whether it's doctors or loved ones, if they're not hearing me and my needs, then I need to make sure that I am either like letting them know that's not okay or being like, maybe this isn't the person I want to have mm. like in the delivery room with me. Yeah. <laughs> you know what oh, I mean? Um, that's so, so good. So, and I think choosing, I think choosing um, the right doctor too, whether it's like a midwife or OBGYN and like knowing the differences of that, um, which kind of knowing which friends would stress you out or which ones would be like super helpful and chill. Um, You know, I think a lot of when you're pregnant, people tend to project a lot of things onto you and so to really be clear Mm -hmm. about what's important to you, like you and your partner. Right. Or if you're doing it by yourself, you know, like what are the things that you really need articulating that and make sure it's received and heard. Um, and, and I think that could be for schools that could be for mom groups that could be like, uh, I don't feel like this one's too catty or like, you know what I mean? Or this one was too much of a commitment. Like, uh, I can't, I can't get to like, whatever. No, it flows into so many areas of your life. I mean, using your voice, the throat chakra, I feel like is an area that probably a lot of women have work 
that they need to do like oh, for especially me yes. I mean I was told me that in a past life I was hung so like I got some oh, serious too. issues I've been, I've, been, I've been hung beheaded oh yeah God, so many times like um, I crazy stuff yeah no me too I'm like um, yep like <laughs> so sure. I love that so, I think that's great so, so working with people and surrounding yourself with people who really want you to use your voice like what yeah. do you want yeah and um that's great yeah so I think that's really important so it's not Absolutely. really like equality but like well I guess it is no yeah like it's, people more, who it's, a, listen it's another it's another token it's yeah. another like wow this person isn't hearing me okay this isn't going to be my number one support right so absolutely um and then the last question is what are some qualities that you wish like are looking forward to hoping sorry are looking forward to instilling in your children I think it kind of goes back to that voice thing. Yeah. I, I mean, was going to say that's such a good one. Not to, not to, to bring up young my age. own childhood, but I definitely was told like children should not be seen. Children should be seen and not heard. Um, you know, anger was not, you know, like you just, it's, it was the eighties, you know, it's very different. And so if you're mad, I want, I, like, show me you're mad. Use yeah. your voice, let's you know, go, like let's work through let's, those emotions. Yeah. Let's work through it. And like, you feel sad. Tell me why, you know? And like, like really honoring because I never I just internalized my emotions for most of my life until I was in my like 30s mm-hmm. so to really train like wow your emotions are really important and like I like let's talk about it and you know so you know I, I think that that is so so important yeah that builds confidence and trust and security so yeah it goes actually- back to the voice thing again man <laughs> as I hold this from Madison actually I got oh this from yeah Madison, this, this um air blue. dream blue blue yeah um Um, yeah, yeah, I definitely love, I love that so much. And I actually follow a few different accounts that help parents talk, like learn how to say things to kids to get information that they want, or just like help kids through their emotions. And one of the things that you see is a lot like where parents are like, go hug uncle, whoever, like go hug them. And like that kind of stuff where instead you say like, do you feel like hugging him? Like, would you like to, or like, having the kid more part of the conversation so they're like thinking about like oh like what do I want right now and then voicing that you know that's the kind of um pattern that I think you'd want to instill in your kids and that would totally lead to someone who'd be like wait a second I actually can say what I want and this is what I want so yeah um I love that that's so good it it prevents a lot of internalized pain um, that can come down the yeah. line. You know, I see that a lot. Like people have like chronic stomach aches and headaches because they're having so many emotions that they can't express. Mm. So it, it saves a lot of pain, I think. Yeah. So teach, teach that young. I'm going to for sure. Well, yeah. We are going to. <laughs> Absolutely. So. Great. Well, thank you so much. Sure. I will include in the podcast notes where everyone can find you. But if you want to share like Instagram, website. Yeah. Um, at Dr. Amanda Cohen or at Source Point Wellness is my business. So I have two accounts on Instagram and my website is sourcepointwellness.com and my email is drcohen at sourcepointwellness.com. So, um, yeah, so there's lots of ways you can say hello and thank you so much for having me. Oh my God, of course. It was so fun. Thank you, Dr. Amanda. Oh my gosh, so fun. Thank you.